0: all right everybody welcome welcome to the blurred wire today we are breaking down secret invasion it just dropped on wednesday we got our first episode on disney plus Plus. and today with me for the first episode of breaking it down i have a very special guest with me mr brian ingram brian would you like to introduce yourself to everybody what's going on everybody nice to meet you so very
1: happy to be here happy to help my man will so what's going on out there i hope you guys continue to listen and subscribe. If you haven't, go ahead and hit that button.
0: Let's get it going. Amen. Thank you, Brian. What a great introduction. Yeah, so we're over here. Thank you for joining us on the Blurred Wire. Again, we're over here just talking about Secret Invasion. Um, as many people know, it's a story that came out on Disney+. Plus. Um, just dropped this past Wednesday about Nick Fury having to deal with a this rogue faction of scrolls that are trying to take over Earth. Um, now I've read, have you ever read the Secret Invasion comics before? No, honestly, I haven't read any of the Marvel comics. I've actually caught up on everything through the movies. Through the movies. Okay, interesting. interesting. Okay. So, because Secret Invasion is a storyline that comes directly from the comics. And it's actually a really intense storyline where they start to, where these scrolls basically do the same thing they're doing in the show. Take over different government entities and government people. They steal them and harvest their memories, and that way the scrolls can pretend to be them, and then they start manipulating world events. And there was even a run, I can't remember who authored it, but he did a run where the scrolls invaded Wakanda. Let's just say it did not go well for the scrolls. Did not go well for the scrolls when they tried to walk up in Wakanda. So that was one of my favorite comic storylines ever, so it's cool to see them doing like an adaptation of it. Um, so I guess we'll to start off. What did you think? Oh, well, first of all, spoiler alert, it's coming right now. We haven't said anything spoilery yet, but we are reviewing it. We're breaking it down. There are going to be spoilers for this show. So let's just start with your thoughts, Brian. What did you think about the first episode of Secret Invasion?
1: Well, the first thing I really enjoyed was the aspect that they actually made it a spy show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. If you actually watch it, it's an actual spy film. Like if you're going to watch uh, 007, Mission Impossible, uh, you know, The Man from Uncle, anything like that. Uh, this show is actually like that, except it has to deal with aliens, so it's not just, you know, uh, humans and this, that, and the other. But my first impression was that they put it together really good. They um, tied a lot of the storyline in, that way you understood with uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., the fall of S.H.I.E.L.D., and then it went to uh, S.W.O.R.D., you know, and Saber, you know, and so uh, a lot of that stuff was explained. You got to find out what was going on with Nick Fury. Uh, If you're Captain Marvel fans, get to a little bit more information on what happened at the end of that and what was going on. And um, they tied it back in
0: really well, just like Marvel's known to do. So, you know, I was impressed. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I know you mentioned the man from uncle. I actually just saw that movie a little bit ago on HBO max and I thought it was pretty funny. It was interesting to see Henry Cavill in like a spiral instead of like Superman. But um, yeah, I definitely am getting very, very hardcore spy thriller vibes. It feels like they're trying to go back to winter soldier. Which of course was one of the best Marvel movies, I think, MCU movies that they've ever released. And it makes a lot of sense because like with Scrolls impersonating people, that's a very espionage centric storyline. So it doesn't it doesn't feel like they have to like overstretch or make it something that it's not. You know what I mean?
1: I agree with you one hundred percent. So I'm really curious to see how the ref rest of it's gonna be. You know, we're gonna talk about the end of it a little bit later, but that cliffhanger kinda opens the thing up like, well, what's gonna happen next? You know? Very yeah. Cool.
0: Yeah, and if you haven't seen it yet, again, spoilers, but the cliffhanger I'm likely referring to is that at the end it looks like Gravik, who's going to be the main antagonist leading the Rogue scrolls, shot uh, Maria Hill. And he was pretending to be Nick Fury, and then he shot her, and that's how he killed her. And that was, it was really surprising because lately I haven't seen Marvel TV shows or anything like be willing to kill off somebody that like we haven't killed a hero really since Iron Man. No hero has really died since Iron Man. I'm trying to think back to all the movies. Uh, I mean, Sherry lost her mom in Wakanda forever and then like Jane died in Thor Love and Thunder, but like she was already gone and they just brought her back to like kill her. So like this feels like the first time like we've had a character in the MCU get killed and we've all been like kind of blown away by it, like just not expecting it basically.
1: I like that because in a way it was something that actually got your attention because if it was mm-hmm. somebody random, eh, you wouldn't really care. But Maria Hill is a big, you know, big part of this. So with yeah. her demise, it actually got your attention on like what's going on, what's going to happen. Wonder if we're going to see her again as a scroll or not. You know, never yeah. know.
0: I know someone. I was listening to another podcast. that was talking about it, and they were like, you know, when they saw her like bleeding out there, they were waiting like, okay, turn to a scroll, turn to a scroll, but she wasn't turning, and so it's making us think that like. That's the real Maria Hill that's dead. And so, you know, with the multiverse, they could find a way to bring her back. People always say that. But I, I personally think that she's just going, this is where her story ended. This is where she died. Based upon the trailers and everything, it kind of looked like Nick Fury was going to die at the end of Secret Invasion because all the trailers were saying him saying, like, this is one last time, one last ride. I'm at my wits end. This is this is it. This is over. like it felt like this was the conclusion to Nick Fury's story. But then they drop the trailer for the Marvels, and Nick Fury is 100% in it. So, like, unless the Marvels, like, somehow takes place before Secret Invasion, Nick Fury's not going to die in this. So, it's interesting that they chose Maria Hill to die, and that they chose to do it so early. That is a good point. That is a good point. I didn't even pick that one up, but that does bring to
1: mind, I wonder when that time frame would actually be, because does that come here and does it come before or after how soon after like WandaVision and all that, did that happen? So, uh, I guess we're going to be finding out. Hopefully they'll, uh, fix in those holes for it.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know Samuel L Jackson is one of the, um, he, you know, he tells me like he, well, he doesn't tell me <laughs> he said in interviews and stuff that he loves playing Nick Fury so much that it's not like Samuel Jackson is one of the most wealthiest actors in the world. And at this point, It's not even about the money for him. It's not about any of that. He just loves it so much. And if you look at like, I think he's the highest grossing actor in the entire world. And he's down to just keep playing Nick Fury. And if you think about it, he's the only character in the MCU that we've had since Iron Man still running because Tony Stark is gone. We don't interact with Pepper Potts much. Even Happy is kind of written out after No Way Home because Peter doesn't remember. He doesn't remember Peter. Um, There's no one else from the first Iron Man movie that's still in the MCU, still, like, in projects besides Nick Fury. That's... Actually, you're actually
1: right. Uh, Who was the last person we saw? Hawkeye? And that was in his episodes a couple before, but... He's pretty much gone. He was pretty much passing the bow to old girl. Yeah, he was
0: supposed to be. And I thought they were gonna do something, like, a little more, like, make him... I kind of thought he was gonna die, or, like... Lose his hearing or go blind or something to where, like, he can't be Hawkeye anymore. But I guess he's going to keep training like Kate Bishop as it comes along. But, um, yeah, for the most part, because we know a lot, most of the OG Avengers are, have passed on, even though, like, they're still trying to figure out what they want to do with Thor and trying to figure out what they want to do with Hulk. But the three main ones, well, Captain America, Iron Man, and Black Widow have all died. Um, but yeah, Nick Fury's the only guy that's been there since the beginning and I think he's been in more Marvel movies than anybody if I'm not mistaken I think I gotta I gotta add it up but either him or Robert I think once the Marvels comes out and if you count like TV shows and projects and stuff I think Nick Fury beats out Robert Downey Jr but I think it's between the two of them if their character or it might be between Chris Evans I'm not really sure at this point but he's one of the top three has like been in the most projects so that's why it kind of seemed like Secret Evasion was going to be the swan song for Samuel L. Jackson and Nick Fury but like I said, the Marvel's trailer kind of debunked that.
1: But are you counting those appearances to also be the after credits appearances? Because remember, Nick Fury showed up in a couple of movies. Against,
0: I mean, to uh, me, that counts. that counts. I mean, he was in it. Yeah. He had to act for the role. they had to film it, you know? Uh, okay. So, yeah, so I guess we'll see. And I also, um, I saw this other thing that was pretty interesting. Because um, I actually really like the actor that plays Talos. Um, him as an actor, Ben Mendelsohn, I actually really like him. I think he's a great actor. He usually plays, like, the villainous business role. Like, if you've seen Star Wars Rogue One, he was in that. If you've seen... Even in Batman The Dark Knight Rises, he was playing the guy that was helping Bane take over Bruce Wayne's company. And so it was really interesting, because if I'm not mistaken, I think he's the only person to play in a Marvel, DC, and Star Wars movie. I can't think of anybody else. And I know technically... The Dark Knight Rises wasn't part of the DCEU, but I'm like, I can't, like, there's a lot of people that have done Marvel and Star Wars, a lot of people that have done Marvel and DC, a lot of people that have done Star Wars and DC, but there's not really anybody who's done Marvel, Star Wars, and DC, and Ben Mendelsohn has, like, perfected the trifecta, and I'm like, I got you thinking, like, in a day's like, who else could it be? This is going to be buggy for the rest of the day. Yeah, but so far, yeah, no, you're right, man. Like when I think about that, even
1: you're guys right. that have done
0: both, like again, Tom Hardy, he played Bane and he played Venom. Yeah, but he's never but been, he in been, been in Star Wars. Star oh, Wars. Christian Bale, Batman, Gore, never been in Star Wars.
1: Oh wow, Crazy. that is right. Yeah, and yeah. your boy who played um, Kylo Ren, he's never been in DC. No, nope. he's about to be in Marvel.
0: So is he supposed to become Reed Richards? That's I, the, I hear that that's all the rumors.
1: The, yeah, that's the rumor. You yeah, know, he's supposed to be Reed. So we're gonna see if he does. Then you know he'll at least do the the two. But yeah, I know we're kind of
0: right. yeah we're kind of getting Reed off topic Reed. with it. But how do you feel about him as Reed Richards?
1: I, I respect him as an actor. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna be upset about that. Um, Kylo Ren wasn't my favorite because I'm a Darth Vader fan, so nobody's as OG as him. Yeah. But he didn't do a bad job for what he's supposed to be, a spoiled kid that's in between that don't know what you call he's throwing 10. I mean, it worked, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, I've seen him in a couple of other things, not too shabby. So him playing Reed, possibly, you know what I'm saying? I'm willing to give him a fair
0: shot because he doesn't suck in other air. Yeah, and to me, I'm like, I feel like I gotta see it to believe it. Like, you know, the fan, like, I didn't see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, but a lot of people know John Krasinski played Reed Richards in that movie, and a lot of people thought that's where Disney was heading, but I guess they were kind of, like, testing it out to see if they wanted to use him, because that was actually completely came up with by fans. Like, fans just kept pushing it, and Disney just cast him, and he was like, okay, I'll do it, because everyone wants me to. And I thought he did a fine job. I'm just like... I still, like, Adam Driver is just one of those actors who looks perennially young, like Tom Holland, who's probably never going to look like he's not in high school, even as he approaches his 30s. And so I'm like, to me, like, I don't, like, Reed Richards is like a man in the comics, like a family man. I don't really see, Adam Driver just always kind of looks like he's in his early 20s, and he's probably going to be 40 and look the same way. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't really see it, but I guess, like you said, we got to get the benefit of the doubt and see what happens when we come there. Because, you know, makeup and a hairstyle can do a lot for a person. Yeah, you never know. And like I said, maybe he'll, you know, actors are supposed to play in different roles. I haven't seen him do a different role. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see what that happens. But I guess um, to wrap it up, back to Secret Invasion, um, there's a lot of theories about, like, where this could go. Um, I had some of my own theories that are probably not going to end up, like, playing out that much. But um, I saw one of them that was, Because the Super Skull is originally a villain of the Fantastic Four. And with all these casting rumors going out, a lot of people aren't sure exactly how the Fantastic Four movie is going to come out. But I once saw this one theory that was saying, what if you know all the casting rumors are starting to come out and everything? It's like, what if at the end of Secret Wars, I mean, at the end of Secret Invasion, they find out that the Fantastic Four have been captured by the Skrulls? And they have been holding them captive all this time, and that's why we didn't know about them. And so that will be interesting to see if maybe that's why all the casting rumors are swirling right now. And we'll find out at the end of Secret Invasion, and Disney hasn't revealed it. But um, yeah. So I guess we'll see. We'll see about that. And then I heard some other theories that were talking about because remember the conversation between Talos and Nick Fury when he's saying we've been helping you for years, and it's like. Well, scrolls like, they haven't been known to humans. So Fury obviously asked him to keep a secret. And he was like, what if Fury has been using them as, like, shield agents? Which makes sense. He's got this alien army who could get him intel from anywhere because they can be anyone. And he's just been using them. And he's like, yeah, I'll find you a planet. We're going to find you a planet. We're going to find you a planet. But Nick Fury, like, he's kind of been, like, procrastinating, if you will, finding them a planet because... He's got a super spy alien army that he's been using and we kind of explain how he was so ahead of everything, even though, like, they added the scrolls in later. Like, it doesn't really make sense if you look back at the other movies to be like Nick Fury had an army of scrolls at his disposal, but still, it would make sense as to why he hasn't found them a planet yet, because secretly he's like, they're very, very valuable, you know what I mean, in that sense, to keep them here on Earth. And they were like, that could kind of make Nick Fury almost like a villain. Or like, at least he made a wrong decision, you know? Um, yeah,
1: yeah. I got you. And I like that thought process because uh, I was discussing that earlier. I was like, in my opinion, since uh, that little girl is from Captain Marvel, and they was promising them a new home, a new planet, you know what I'm saying? She took her from her friend, who was yep. uh, Monica Rambeau, mm-hmm. right? And uh, supposedly was supposed to find them somewhere. We don't know what's the storyline, but we watched them take into a ship and go off.
0: The little girl, she's back here on Earth. Something went wrong. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's the part that we're missing because Captain Marvel, she was with them trying to find it, and now it looks like like if they still haven't found a home and they're all here on Earth, then that means she completely abandoned the mission and only came back to Earth when Fury sent out the distress call. And I don't know if that'll tie in at all with the Marvels, but I don't know if she had a falling out with the Skulls or something, but obviously we're missing a key piece of information, um, even between Far From Home and Captain Marvel, because we know in Far From Home they revealed that Nick Fury and Maria were being played by Skulls. And that's why people were hoping Maria Hill didn't actually die, but it looks like, no, that's her. And then that also begs the question if Nick Fury had scrolls, had Talos and another scroll impersonating him and Maria Hill on Earth, why didn't he take Maria Hill in space with him? Like if he was in space, why'd he leave her on Earth and have a scroll impersonate her? Like, why wouldn't he just why why would they both be on Earth? Why would they both need to be on Earth? Like, wouldn't it make more sense to have her if he didn't need her in space, it would make more sense for her to be with him pretending With Talos pretending to be a scroll, so she can make sure that he's actually doing Nick Fury stuff. You know, like, actually acting like Nick Fury. So, I guess we'll probably get explanations to that.
1: Yeah, those are some pretty good points. And those are all questions that I had as well because it was just a little bit odd. Yeah. Because, like, I'm still... They kind of... I heard a couple of theories about, you know, Nick Fury feeling defeated that after everything that he'd done, somebody like Thanos coming here and smacked half the universe, you know, kind of tore him down as a company needed to leave Earth. There's still a lot of questions out there, but so far Marvel's keeping up with their special sauce because it ain't but six episodes, and episode one started off banging. So
0: yeah, hopefully
1: episode two and three we can get some a little bit of closure on those questions.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've seen. Um, yeah, I feel like the uh, the reception to it for the most part is pretty good. Um, I saw that I guess like their title sequence was AI generated, and people didn't like that. I just thought the title sequence looked weird. I wasn't, like, a fan. It kind of took me out of the project, honestly, because I remember sitting there watching it with my wife and being like, what is this title sequence? And then once it started, you know, I was just back into the, the story that we were going through, the espionage story. But I guess people really didn't like that. So, I don't know, maybe Disney will cut it for the next episodes. Who knows? I mean, I, mean, I, I had mixed things.
1: I was like, okay, it's not traditional. But then again, you know... It kind of reminded you of a movie way back in the day, like in the 50s, where everything was blurry and it was funky looking. Yeah. And if they want to stick to that kind of spy espionage look, I'm not mad at it. You know, they threw the colors up in there, correct, Mm -hmm. for what they got going on, but I'm kind of with you. I like the whole Marvel thing where you get to see all the little, you know, uh, pictures and everything
0: on what's coming up next. So we'll,
1: we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, I think the most interesting thread for me right now is how Nick Fury's gonna react to Maria Hill's death. Especially because, like, in the Marvel sh- trailer, again, I wish they hadn't released that trailer until after Secret Invasion came out, but I-, I don't think they were planning on delaying it to November when they released the trailer. But anyway, because, like, you know, it shows Fury happy, and, like, obviously, he seems like he's over it. Well, I still wanna see, like, the angry part, the grief part, and I wanna see him, like, take out that rage on an opponent who's clearly superior to him because scrolls are stronger, faster, and just better than humans. So I think it'll be really interesting because, again, Maria Hill is probably one of his oldest friends, and she saved them from a lot of stuff. Like, she was in Winter Soldier. She was in um, Age of Ultron. Like, she's been a a smaller part, but still a pivotal part of the MCU. And so I think uh, it'd be interesting to see other heroes. I would love to see, like, a funeral for her, you know what I mean? Like find a way to honor her. Um, I hope we get to see that. And like I said, it's not like I don't want them to bring her back because I don't like her character, but if you're going to kill her, I want them to stick with that decision and let it hit and let us like have to unpack it and be like, man, she's gone, so it'll hit harder and we'll actually fear for other characters that could die instead of just being like, oh, they could be brought back. I got
1: you. It's the same kind of effect that happened with, uh, so far, Black Widow. Yeah, she gone gone. Like yeah. everybody was hoping something would happen, but she she dipped before multiverse, so. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? She gone gone and everybody still remembers that. So I think that Maria Hill have the same effect, just like the Tony Stark had the same effect. So you know, I think it'll be interesting.
0: And people I, I, have um, have said like, you know, Natasha could have just come back cuz they could have just used the stones, went into the multiverse and plucked a Natasha out of that reality and brought her to ours. And I'm like, that still doesn't work though because then that reality lost their Natasha. So she's still gonna die over there. You're just gonna rob them of her and bring her over here. It's like it's like with uh, Into the Spider-Verse, what Kingpin wasn't realizing is, like, whatever version that he takes his wife and kids, he's gonna rob himself in another multiverse of Vanessa and his kid. And so, like, he didn't even, like, compute that because he was just being selfish. But, like, the Avengers wouldn't take her from another reality because they understand okay, now she's going to be missing from that reality and they're all going to be just as sad as we were. That doesn't make any sense. So that's why I don't, I don't think the multiverse theory of like, yeah, just pull one out of the multiverse and bring it to our reality. It doesn't work because the reality you pull it from is still going to be missing their person and it's going to make them very sad. Yeah, that's a very good
1: point to cross over because it's like not the same thing with Gamora. Remember, Gamora came.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: You know what I'm saying? So that's a whole different thing. She, that's Part of her journey. She chose to come over here. So that's different. So that's a come you won't see him come back. But I do like that point. You are right. You will be robbing somebody else or something else. And yeah. no matter what happens, you can't
0: fix it. And that Gamora, it's not like she had this family to mourn her leaving that reality too because the Guardians hadn't formed in that reality yet. So she didn't have people that she was close to. And even in... Did you see Guardians? You saw Guardians 3, right? Yeah. And even in that one, I also... I don't think I ended up liking Guardians 3 as much as I necessarily wanted to or was expecting to, but I did like how Peter and Gamora didn't get back together. Cuz I kind of thought that like through somehow like through Adam Warlock's powers cuz in the comics his powers are crazy. He has these crazy crazy powers. Like I thought he might give her back the memories of her soul from the 2018 version and she'd remember and like fall in love with Peter again. And I I kind of expected that, and I wasn't going to be mad at it if that did happen if she got her memories back or if she got back with peter but i feel like the fact that she didn't really stands out and really shows that like okay something died and to me that also kills the whole hey with the multiverse theory no one's really dead because you can just bring them in and it's like well in this case they brought in gamora and parts of her she's not as close to nebula she's and her romance with peter died you know like if they had gotten married and had kid, that's a potential child who will never be born because they are not together and so i feel like seeing peter having to go through that and accept it was a big character growth moment for him and that's one of the decisions i really applauded in guardians 3 not having them get back together i think worked very well
1: yeah i like that too he needed to go ahead and go back home but i did think it was funny though when he looked at uh uh, the sister that way. <laughs> he was like, Nebula. Hey, Oh, yeah, he's looking at Nebula. I was like, Peter, you're so Your lonely. Eyes are so dark. I never noticed.
0: Dude, that was so funny. Yeah. And I think partly why I like um, Secret Invasion 2 is because, like, a lot of people say, like, Marvel, there are two people, there are two sides of each coin. Like, some people really like, really like the self contained storylines of Marvel. And to me, it's like, I like that. But, like, most movies that we see are self contained. They're just kind of in their own universe. The whole point of comics and comic book movies is the interconnection because everyone got really excited. They were reading Thor 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Oh, shoot, Thor's going to be an Avenger with Captain America after I read Captain America 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Now I get to see them both in this crossover. Like, crossover elements was, like, a thing that drove comics and made them so cool. And some people think that, like, the MCU constantly trying to cross things over is, like, wearing down their movies but i always love when there's elements of the mcu in each movie and i feel like we like the last stories that we've gotten through most of phase 4 have been very self-contained not really connected to each other like they're connected to the multiver to the universe to the marvel you know cinematic universe to the marvel cinematic universe but they're not really connected to each other but secret invasion it feels like it's connected, even though that wasn't really Agent Ross. It feels like it was connected to Wakanda forever, because we just saw Agent Ross in that. It feels like it was connected to Wanda Vision. It was connected to Captain Marvel. It was connected to Endgame. Like it was connected. It felt like it was connected to a lot of projects that we had just seen, and I liked that. And that was cool. It felt like it was back to that Marvel element of being connected, because to me, like that's their strength. Like again, people don't want to see it overdone, but that is what a lot of us are here for, for the interconnection. You just got to make sure you do it well.
1: Definitely, definitely. I like that. I like that. But yeah, I do have to agree. That is one thing that they did do well, which is making sure everything tied in. Then I can't lie. I have to say Marvel does a good job about that with so much, man. I think it's mm-hmm. one of the things I like about them. Some why it
0: keeps me interested in the movies and TV shows. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I think we've covered um, Secret Invasion pretty well. Um, like you said, it's only the first episode. It's hard when there's so many questions and so many things to go into. Um, I guess the last thing I'll say, I feel like this is definitely the right project for a TV show. I feel like a lot of um, Marvel's TV shows have kind of felt like mini-movies, or like they were trying to find a way to make it into a TV show. The elements of Secret Invasion, it feels like it does work as a TV show where you get revealed things slowly and slowly have to go through the story, and that makes sense. Like, Loki, it made sense as a TV show. Even WandaVision felt like it made sense as a TV show at the beginning because it literally was a TV show. But sometimes it's like some of their other projects, like Ms. Marvel and Moon Knight, and um, i trying to think of another one that's just, even Hawkeye, like, they weren't bad but it felt like they were trying to stretch out a story that could have been a movie. And it's like, it didn't really feel like it was not, like, it feels like they were trying to take a movie and, like, break it up into a TV show instead of just making a TV show. Because I'm like, Miss Marvel easily could have been a movie. So could Moon Knight, and so could have Hawkeye, and so could have um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You know, it didn't really feel like this is a TV show. To me, Secret Invasion feels like a spy TV show.
1: I have to agree with you 100%. I think that's one of the reasons why I can't wait to see what happens, man. Just because they actually
0: caught the right feel with this one. So I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because Secret Invasion could have been a movie as well, but I do like it. Like I said, it fits. Spy things are very cool because they work. They translate easily from movie or TV show. I've seen spy shows, and I've seen spy movies. Like, either one, they all work. So, um, yeah, I guess um, anything else you want to tell the people, Brian, before we sign off? Nah, I just really appreciate you
1: having me on, man. I can't wait to uh, invite you over to my side of the thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you have any channels for people to check out so that way they can find you as well?
1: Well, if you want to, you can look at www.rise-up.com. Uh, it's Rise Up TV on YouTube and Rise Up Magazine on all other social media.
0: All right, all right. Well, thank you for joining me on the Blurred Wire today, Brian. And uh, hopefully we'll pick this back up Definitely. Anytime you want to have me back, I'll be here. Sounds like a plan. Alright, guys. Let us know what you think in the uh, comments or down below what you think um, Secret Invasion is going to take it next. And uh, until next time, Blurts, we'll see you again.
1: Dude, that was sweet.